Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And I'm sure she's just one, a sample of, of how and what happens and to these young people and why they end up there. Do you have other, uh, just a few more comments? We're going to bring John on here, too, here in just a few minutes, um, about other success stories very briefly besides Destiny. Oh, Any, I mean, just, just a great illustration. In the last two weeks, we've helped five, five of, of our youth, of our clients um, that were in relationship, achieve stable housing. Great. Um, we've helped since 2008 just under 200 uh, homeless young people graduate from high school, of which two-thirds have gone on to a post-secondary op- opportunity. Um, there are numerous stories of success, whether that is freedom from addiction, whether that is stability in housing or youth that are working um, that that have moved beyond where they were. Okay. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank uh, you. You're just uh, joining our show. We've been talking with Eric Howard, and he's the founder of Outreach, Inc., and they help homeless teens and runaways get their lives back and that's what we that's what you do and i really thank you and destiny thank you so much for sharing your story please hang out with us a little bit longer i'm sure we may have some more dialogue going on here i'm going to bring on our next guest here which uh uh, is going to be very interesting as well and his name is john e uh, gerton jr he's the executive director for indiana healthy marriage and family coalition inc and he's going to be talking about the issues families are facing today, including teens. Um, John, you say there is a major disconnect in our society today when it comes to communication. Mm. What do you mean by this? Well, you know, what we found in, in our research is that uh, many of the challenges that we have in our relationships, uh, at work, at home, uh, in the community, has to do with uh, how we receive and how we uh, respond to what is coming at us. Um, and so we spend a lot of time uh, helping individuals and couples and families and those who are, are considering marriage and whatnot in how to effectively communicate with one another so that even if you don't agree, you can still move forward uh, with some type of mutual respect uh, without uh, resorting to the type of dysfunctional relationships that we kind of see going on in our communities. And so, uh, and then th- there's also, uh, other disconnects, uh, from my perspective, uh, with regard to, uh, what, what, uh, I think people like Destiny, how she understands her reality and how the, those who are in our community making decisions understand her understanding of her reality. Uh, I don't think everybody knows her story, and I don't think everybody understands uh, how how lonely she really was. And I don't think people understand how tough uh, it really was for her to have to uh, leave uh, what we consider to be a home right. and face, uh, you know, face the streets. And so it's it's difficult, I think, to move forward with productive and proactive policies and procedures and planning when we don't really understand what we're really dealing with here. 
Exactly. Well, tell me a little bit about how uh, Indiana Healthy Marriage and Family Coalition began. You have a story to share, too. Well, yeah. um, um, (laughs) It's very similar uh, in that the organization began uh, because uh, in 2001, uh, a, a, a woman was murdered by her estranged husband in her driveway. And a local uh, sorority, Delta Sigma Theta sorority, as a graduate chapter, decided that they wanted to do more than just memorialize her uh, with a candlelight vigil. They wanted to do more. And so they developed a committee uh, to provide education and training to strengthen relationships and marriages and couples so that they could in some way prevent uh, these kinds of things from happening in the future. And so that's how the organizations, you know, in, in a nutshell, began in 2004. Okay. So let's talk about the criteria for determining a healthy family relationship. What was some of the criteria, John? Well, here, here's the reality. Um, I think some people uh, would think that, you know, we advocate for perfect marriages and perfect couples and perfect parenting and perfect. There is, there are no perfect families there. Uh, but what we can say is, is that especially when there are children involved, we want to ensure that the children in a particular family or a family themselves are in a healthy, a whole, a communicating, a conflict-resolving, a financially stable, a resource-rich, a community-enabled, and I'm saying all of that sort of kind of off the top of my head but <laughs> but all those things are are what you know uh uh what we want to see in a healthy a healthy family and and let me say this too We've got to understand that, that what we understand as a traditional family, a traditional household has morphed. And we all know this. And, and so the traditional values and norms that we thought uh, of in 1970 when there were, I believe, 3.9 single family households or something like that, that doubled by 1990, I mean, that no longer exists. And so what we understand as a family is not the same. And so in order to ensure that we can move forward again productively, we've got to understand and be able to articulate very clearly what we're dealing with here, okay, Mm -hmm. especially for children who have been predisposed Mm -hmm. to fragile families and fragile dynamics in their household. Mm -hmm. And the issues that cause relationship breakdowns. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. in terms of destiny situation, Correct. right? Correct. I mean, I mean again, I, I'm I'm going to sort of bounce off of of her situation. I mean, where she is is a result of challenges within the structure of a family. It didn't say she didn't say that dad wasn't there or stepdad wasn't there. She didn't say that mom wasn't there, but there was still dysfunction that had we had an opportunity to be proactive. Uh, in that situation, we could have possibly been able to, to resolve some conflict uh, before it resulted in what we have. Exactly. And uh, let's talk about some of the, the programs then that you do in, in helping families. And that doesn't mean, you know, as you were sharing with me before, you know, the show, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes marriages are best if they split up or something else happens with that child. In a, in a better yeah. environment and more healthier environment for that child. So, of course, we provide education and training, skills-based um, uh, for uh, all. everything we do is research and evidence-based. Um, so we don't just use any curriculum. We use curriculum that has been proven uh, to make a difference uh, in better uh, individuals in the family as well as the family unit as a whole. Uh, we have 
educational programs like um, uh, Prep 7.0, which was uh, developed out of Iowa State University, was a very popular curric- curriculum. Uh, Eight Habits of Highly Successful Marriage and uh, Relationships, which is one of the Colby series, another very popular curriculum. Uh, family, we have How to Make Your Good Thing Better, which is uh, geared towards African-American families because we do understand that there are some unique dynamics there. Uh, as well as, you know, in addition to rather our uh, curriculums, we also have other programming, uh, f- through our fatherhood initiative, uh, one of which is called, uh, uh, baby boot camp for new dads and granddads too. And that's, uh, designed to empower fathers and men and now even grandfathers, uh, to understand how important their role mm-hmm. is in the, in the, those initial years of that baby's life. Uh, in addition to that, we have fatherhood forums. We're, we're on our 11th fatherhood forum coming up, uh, the first part of August, where we're going to be dealing with uh, breaking the cycle of incarceration. Uh, we've dealt with financial literacy. We've dealt with job training. We've dealt with education. We've dealt with family law, which is a huge issue uh, for families, um, especially for uh, um, uh, fathers who are not custodial. Uh, there's a lot of issues there with regard to if that father is not engaged in the life of that child, uh, then it, then statistics have shown that that child will uh, be susceptible to a lot of other sociological, uh, psychological, uh, educational ills. So we have fatherhood forms there for that. Then, of course, we have our annual conference, which, again, we focus in on family. We focus, uh, again, on youth. And uh, w- what we desire to do, of course, is, is to reach our young people as early as we can uh, with the type of skills and and whatnot that can enable them to develop positive relationships and again um, so that again if they were predisposed to challenges in relationships through their parents or the the co-parenting or or whatever uh, then we're hoping that we can give them the kind of skills that that allow them to create Mm -hmm. you know lasting uh, relationships for themselves and and even though their storyline may be their parent storyline may be different theirs can can be positive if we get to them early enough. So in addition to the curriculum, we have other uh, programs and activities that we do throughout the year. Okay. What uh, what comments, John, do you have regarding youth violence uh, here in Indianapolis? It seems like we're hearing a lot of this going on lately. I think it's always mm-hmm. been here, but maybe it's just that we're just being more aware of it. But youth violence, mm-hmm. guns, things like this, that young people are getting guns and <laughs> I don't want to make any comments on this, but well, you know, I have my opinion. Many people have seen, you know, the article that I that that ended up in the paper a couple Sundays ago uh, that I wrote, and and I'm going to stand behind my uh, my viewpoint that you know the breakdown of families is is correlates uh, to being one of the major breakdowns of our community uh, when children do not see uh, conflict resolved in their own household they're not going to go out in the streets and model something different. You know, uh, I certainly feel like if I want uh, tomatoes, I better plant some tomato seeds. You know, I can't be mad if I plant cucumber seeds and, and, and get watermelons. Uh, if we want responsible uh, adults, we better plant responsibility into our children if we expect to see that in them. And, and so what we're getting isn't a, a surprise to me. Uh, I believe that that our communities were sick a long time ago, and and we did not we did not uh, deal with the sickness that we saw. We saw the numbers. We saw the graduation rates going down. We saw the single parent households going up. We saw the breakups of of the families. We saw we saw these things happening, and so so because it it wasn't a quick turn, it's not going to be a quick fix. Uh, and I think that's 
part of the challenge is that all of those who are making the decisions are sort of anxious about what are we going to do next? We'll put, you know, let's do this and let's do that and let's do the other. None of these things are going to be quick fixes. It's going to take people uh, like uh, Eric who are saying, hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to, uh, even if that person is not ready to totally receive what we have, that doesn't mean that we give up. If we don't get pats on the back, if we don't get awards, if people don't respect us for what we do, we still stay in there. We still do the work. We still show up because one day that young person is going to, is they're going to hit the brick wall and we have to be there and we have to be ready. So that's what we're doing. We're there and we're ready. And when that couple or when that individual is ready, you know, they, they, they'll receive what we have for them. And, and hopefully they'll change their life and, and change the lives of generations that follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, I'm going to bring you back on here for any final comments. We're getting to the end of our show. Um, we're talking about youth violence and organizations like both of you that were, you know, have you both on here today addressing that with young people. What do you want to offer just very briefly? I think when we talk about youth violence, we're seeing an increase in, in the, the risky behaviors okay. uh, of our youth taking uh, greater opportunities in, in whether that be drug dealing or robbing or stealing. We're seeing a heightened sense of aggression, and I absolutely agree with John. Uh, when parents have not modeled but not taught, they're going to model and they're going to act out what they have seen and what they have grown into. And it's at a, at a certain point where individuals intersect with those young people, that's where change can occur. Okay, for those who are listening, um, who are interested in getting involved with, you know, either the programs and some mm-hmm. conferences coming up that Eric, uh, or John was talking about, and Eric, you know, looking for people to help your organization, um, let's take some time here and, and offer a websites and, and phone numbers here. Let's start with John. Well, very simply, they can always go to ihmfc.org. Again, ihmfc.org. And we have listed on the, the homepage of our site kind of all the different things that we have and ways that people can get involved. Sounds good. Yep, absolutely. They can Eric? visit us online at just uh, outreachindiana.org. Just and Indiana is spelled out as outreachindiana.org. They can also find us on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter to learn how they can engage and volunteer and, and uh Help us to impact the lives of homeless young people. Sounds great. And, Eric, I also want to uh, offer you also have an emergency hotline number, um, and uh, I like to give that out uh, to our listeners. That is 877-686-3818. Absolutely. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Good luck and destiny. Good to see you. I'm so glad things are going well for you. Thank you. It's really nice meeting you today. I'm Glee Rennick May, your host for today's show. Thanks so much uh, to our in-studio engineer and producer, Don Hauser, and our executive co-producer is Matt Hiblin. And uh, you've been listening to Spotlight Indianapolis. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.